live from the capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Well, raise your hand if you watched last night's Chargers Raiders game on Amazon Prime. First of all, for many of you, it's hard enough to find on Amazon Prime, and you may not even have Amazon Prime. And it's a West Coast game against two uninspiring, underachieving teams. And then you got a 63 to 21 game with the Raiders, who had been shut out the week before, putting 63 on the board against the Chargers. And you knew changes were coming after that. The Chargers are, what, 5-9. and nine. They have looked horrible. They had that, uh, even when they were good and they got to the, the playoffs, they had that horrible uh, blown lead against Jacksonville. What was it, 20, 27 points, third largest comeback in playoff history. So you knew the inevitable was coming today, and it did. It led ESPN Sports Center just a moment ago, and I figured, why not? Let's pick up on that conversation with some NFL talk today as we welcome you to the Friday afternoon sports huddle on another sunsplash day. It has been a glorious week in the capital city. I know the temperatures have been a little bit chilly, but we've had a couple days here where it's actually been relatively warm for the middle of December. And today, one of those days when I got outside a little bit today, I was like, wow, this weather's really nice. So count your lucky stars on that one, that mid-December in Richmond, Virginia, and we've got some really nice weather. Sun splash right at 60 degrees at almost five minutes after four today. So that should put us all in a good mood. And, of course, we're heading into the weekend. We've got bowl games starting. We've got college basketball back at it again after pretty much a week off for just about everybody. There were a smattering of games this week, but most schools, their players are in final exams. That will carry over to the beginning of next week. But everybody, virtually everybody, will take the opportunity to play this weekend and most of them Saturday. So we got a lot of good sports coming up. we got three NFL games on Saturday, the rest of the schedule on Sunday and then wrap it up with the Monday night game with Philadelphia at Seattle. So there is plenty to get into this afternoon. And back to the NFL focus, yes, the Los Angeles Chargers did the expected today and fired head coach Brandon Staley. They also let Tom Telesco, the general manager, go as well. Giff Smith, linebacker's coach, is the interim head coach for the remainder of the season. Chargers were 24-24. and under Staley. So there's your definition of mediocrity there with the Chargers, with a franchise that always had very high expectations. And under Coach Staley, they never really lived up to that, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. And he was supposed to be a defensive guru. He had plenty of success with the Rams when he was their defensive coordinator. It got him to the position that he was in as head coach of the Chargers. And it just never happened there. Of course, the injury to Justin Herbert didn't help any. Easton Stick making his first start last night. The former North Dakota State quarterback uh, did not impress at all. I think that game was 42 to nothing. 
at one point, I will admit, I was one of those. Uh, you certainly didn't see me raising my hand. I did not watch a second of that game last night between the Chargers and the Raiders. Just had no real interest in that game and didn't think we'd be talking a whole lot about it today, to be honest with you, until I saw what happened. I think anytime you get an NFL game where one team gets in the 60s or the 70s, as the Dolphins did earlier this season, you will find some time to talk about it. And then, of course, the news breaking today, this afternoon, of the change at the top with the Chargers, both general manager and head coach. And it begged the question that SportsCenter threw out there just about five minutes ago, where will Bill go? Where will Bill Belichick go when this Patriots season, this underachieving, miserable Patriots season, ends where will bill belichick go because the reports are all out there that that's already a done deal he knows it ownership knows it there'll be a change in new england at the end of this season they'll let belichick finish out the deal this year and then they'll have a swan song and a goodbye and he'll move on and he has several options right one of which is not to coach at all I mean, he certainly left his legacy with the Super Bowl championships. He has made his money. He certainly does not need to coach again if he doesn't want to. It will all be a matter if he wants to continue to coach, if he wants to continue the grind of the NFL, and where would he want to do it? So there's already openings now with the Chargers, with the Panthers, and we certainly expect there to be an opening with the Washington Commanders. So I would kind of throw that out there. If those are the three teams right now that's on the checklist, which one is Bill Belichick? Which box is Bill Belichick checking? And option number four is none of the above, that he just rides off into the sunset, which I think is a possibility for him as well. But I think there are a lot of people out there who believe the Chargers are the best option of those three teams, and I could certainly see it. Uh, They do seem to spend money out there. It's a good place to play. Justin Herbert is going to recover. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be their quarterback. The expectations could be high again there, but the Chargers is not a bad landing spot either for Bill Belichick as a veteran coach or a young and -and up-and-coming coach. I would say certainly more than the Panthers, who are going to have to start from the ground up, and I don't really know what to make of the Washington Commanders. Uh, They're going to need a change. They're going to have a change in leadership. I have said it all along. It's not going to be Eric Biennemi. I really believe that. No matter what happens in these next four games at this point, the full body of work indicates to me that Washington is going to have a clean slate and start anew and start from the ground up, no matter how tight Sam Howe appears to be with Eric Bieniemy, And I really don't know what that relationship is at this point. I wouldn't say they are flourishing on the field. I think Sam Howe has shown a lot of potential to be the quarterback and run the offense. But I don't know that it's at the point where an offensive coordinator would be named a head coach just because of that. So I think they are going outside the organization. I think they would be enamored and interested in Bill Belichick if he wanted to come to D.C., to the nation's capital. Um, Why not? Uh, So those are your choices there. Uh, That seems to be as much of the story today as anything, and that is where will Bill Belichick go, assuming he is not. With the Patriots, uh, we already know the Chargers and the Panthers will be looking for new head coaches, and we got to believe so will the Commanders, considering the dismal year that this has turned out to be for them as well. So I'm really kind of glad I didn't waste any time watching that game last night and still have the opportunity to 
talk about what happened today, which was the expected. I guess it happened around lunchtime or so with the announcement from the Chargers that they had let uh, uh, Brandon Staley go and also the general manager, Tom Telesco. So that's a, a little bit of our NFL conversation today. We'll get back into some more commanders talk perhaps as we move along today the commanders with the weekend off last weekend they had their bye week and they get back in it today against the other los angeles team they'll be out on the west coast that is the 405 game uh, Sunday afternoon against the Rams. I guess the Rams mathematically still have an opportunity. There are a lot of teams with six and seven records or seven and six records, and the Rams are one of those teams. They've had a tough year with injuries, but it looks like they still might have a little bit of a shot for the postseason. So they will have certainly more to play for than the Commanders. Uh, I was listening to Matt uh, a little bit during the four, 3 o'clock hour and border to border, and I understand where he's coming from on this whole thing of rooting for the Commanders to lose at this point. I just want to make sure there's a differentiation here between rooting for the Commanders to lose, even if you're a Commanders fan, and playing for the Commanders and losing because I'm not one of the conspiracy theorists out there, and I really don't know what good it does to players to not want to win games, right? So you can root as a fan for your team to lose in hopes of getting a higher draft pick, and I even think there's a little bit overrated to that. Yes, you want good, high draft picks. They can rebuild your roster, but it might take some time. They're going to be rookies. They're going to be getting their feet wet coming into the NFL. The top tier, the 1%, probably going to be able to do that without much difficulty and be an impact for their team in the National Football League. But there are other ways to build your roster as well through trades and free agency. The draft selection process is only one part of that equation, and it's certainly not enough for players to throw games. I don't think we're getting into that or not even play 100% because they're on a losing team. What good does that do the players? I get the fan side of it. Oh, I'm going to root for the commanders to lose because they'll get a higher draft pick. Well, you rooting for them to lose has no impact at all on whether they're going to lose or not. And I would argue that the players will give their all to win the game. They not be, may not be good enough and talented enough to win the game, but I don't think they're going to kind of haphazardly go about this, you know, kind of half you know what, go, go about this. It does them no good. There's no guarantee they're going to be on that team next year or the year after when it gets better because they get all these draft picks. And if they're not playing well, they're not going to have a job anyway with that team, and their value is going to go down with the other NFL teams. So it does no good for players not to give their all to try and win no matter what their team's record is. So I'm not on the conspiracy side of this thing. Upper management may try and do some things that makes it less likely to win with the roster maneuvering, but the players are going to play to win, and the fans can root all they want not to win. That has no impact on it. So the commanders will go full bore this weekend to try and win the game against the Rams. If they don't, it puts them in a little bit better position for draft picks. But like I said, there are other ways to rebuild that roster that you got to look at as well to include free agency and the trade market as well. All right, there's a little bit of NFL talk to kick it off for you on a Friday afternoon. We're going to go in several different directions today on the Sports Huddle. Love for you to be a part of that. 804-327-0888 gets you on the air. That's also our text line, 327 
888. Had a really fun time yesterday with Sean Robertson from CBS 6 in studio. We got into all those hot-button topics that we've been talking about all week long, the transfer thing in college athletics and college basketball, the Wizards and Commanders, uh, the Wizards and the Capitals potentially moving to Northern Virginia, to Alexandria, and the Commanders maybe now taking center stage to be back inside the city limits of the District of Columbia. We had a really good time with all of that. And our callers yesterday would love to do it with you again today. 804-327-0888. That's the magic number. And we got a couple of very special guests as part of the sports huddle this afternoon. We tell you about them right now. Here's what's coming up on today's sports huddle. Just a huge fan of sports. This is the River City Rundown. River City Rundown brought to you by our friends at the Henrico Sports and Entertainment Authority and the new Henrico Sports and Events Center. For a calendar of future events or if you're interested in booking an event in 2024, visit HenricoSEA.com. HenricoSEA.com. Com. Kudos, Lewis. I'm still breaking him in. He's doing a great job as our relatively new producer of this show, although with each passing day, he becomes more and more of a veteran. But I didn't give the obvious out cue there to get us to the River City Rundown, and Lewis hit it tight. He hit it right on there. So good job, Lewis. Didn't give you the obvious cue, if you will, going to that one. I am hosting remotely this afternoon, Lewis, in our ESPN Richmond studios and the producer's booth, uh, 804-327. 0888. So good job. We're off to a good start on thank this Friday afternoon. So thank you, Lewis. I heard You're you. Out welcome, there. Yeah, there you go. Don't, don't be modest. Crack that mic. Uh, Lewis produced Sweet Lou producing for us this afternoon. All right, bottom of the hour. Danielle Fitzhugh is going to join us from Richmond Region Tourism. We mentioned this yesterday to talk a little bit about the upcoming RVA Sports Awards early February at the Altria Theater and broadcast on WTVR Channel 6. And we're going to get kind of an update how you can go about voting. Uh, it's become a really big deal here in the capital city. There are a lot of great names, athletes, coaches, and the like teams that are up for nomination to win one of these RVA Sports Awards for 2023. So Danielle Fitzhugh will join us at 4.30 to give us an update on the RVA Sports Awards coming in early February. Many more details on that coming up. Uh, Then at 5.30, Bob Chesney, the new head football coach of the James Madison Dukes, will join us, comes to Harrisonburg by way of Holy Cross, where he had a very successful run there with, I think, five Patriot League championships, postseason appearances at the FC level they won a couple of games against fbs teams he seemed like an obvious candidate certainly to jeff Bourne, the athletic director at jmu and now he is in place in harrisonburg and actually helping to coach the dukes as they get set for for their bowl game a week from tomorrow december 23rd in the armed forces bowl against air force uh, down there in fort worth texas so looking forward to our first on-air conversation with bob chesney new head coach of the james madison dukes at 5 30 so if you're a dukes fan and you have friends who are dukes fans let them know coach chesney's on the sports huddle this afternoon at 5.30. Let's get our first break in. We'll come back on the other side. I did see a list today, and I don't do a whole lot of lists, of all the bowl games, and they ranked them from like 1 to 41. I'm sure there are plenty of those lists out there. I think this one came from Yahoo Sports, which I like. I'm a, I'm a Yahoo Sports uh, fan and, and read their email blasts on a lot of their publications. Um, so maybe we'll run down some of those, at least where the Virginia teams fell 
in the pecking order of the best bowl games, whatever the definition of best is, certainly subjective. From my perspective, I got a lot of interest in the four games involving our teams. Not sure I'd put them as the top four bowl games beyond the college football playoff and the New Year's uh, Day games. But they should be high up there for us, and we've done a lot of coverage on them, and we've talked a lot about them. But anyway, I'll go through some of that list, Yahoo Sports ranking the 41 bowl games. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well this afternoon. All right, let's get that first break in, 417 on a Friday on the Sports Huddle. Come back on the other side of our first time out. Thanks for tuning in and locking in on 1061 ESPN. Let's get social. Follow us on X and Instagram at ESPN Richmond. And find us on Facebook by searching ESPN Richmond. Don't miss a thing from your home for sports in Richmond. 1061 ESPN. I was just scrolling through some of the college basketball games to come tomorrow, being a big college hoops fan and in the biz as I am. Richmond plays Charlotte. That is a good matchup between the Charlotte 49ers in their first year in the American Athletic Conference and the Richmond Spiders. So that's a good one. They used to be Atlantic 10 rivals back in the day. They haven't played since Charlotte left the Atlantic 10 to go to Conference USA. And after, I guess, 10 years in Conference USA, they've now made the move to the AAC, to the American Athletic Conference. 7 o'clock tomorrow night at the Robbins Center. Our coverage here on 1061 ESPN at 6.30. By the time the Spiders play, VCU will have already played. They're at the Siegel Center tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock against the Temple Owls. And it will be the VCU debut of Joe Bamisil. As I think we all expected, it was announced last night by Coach Ryan Odom that Joe Bamisil is going to play. He's going to kind of roll the dice for whatever that's worth with this whole transfer litigation hanging in the balance. And he's going to go ahead and play. They're in that 14-day window of the temporary restraining order where the NCAA cannot force uh, players to sit out if they're multiple transfer uh, years. So he's going to give it a go. The uh, temporary restraining order ends on December 27th, in which there will be um, new litigation, and there could be an appeal by the NCAA. And the part that still bugs me the most is that if you play over the next 14 days and somehow that's repealed and overturned and it goes back to, yes, you do need to sit out and you can't play anymore, you also lose, you burn your year of eligibility. That I just don't think is fair. I understand there's some teams that aren't playing. They're, they're multiple transfer guys right now in because of that. But I just think if you try it, it's only going to be a couple of games over 14 days. Uh, I don't think that's fair. I, I think they should still retain their year of eligibility if they play in two or three games in this 14-day window, and then they got to go sit out the rest of the season. Um, th- those games should not. It should be like football where you get the four games and you can still keep your red shirt year. So um, we'll, we'll wait on that decision. There'll be a lot of people holding their breath over the Christmas holiday until we get to December 27th. All right, not to be lost in the um, – in the shuffle of all that, that's Richmond and VCU. Virginia Tech has a home game against Vermont. I think that's actually a sneaky good game in Blacksburg. The Hokies are now 7-3. and They haven't lost at home. Uh, Vermont is always a good team, and they are again this year. They're off to an 8-3 and start. 
I don't know if they can match Virginia Tech out of the ACC at Castle Coliseum or not, but I think that's a sneaky good game. It's on the ACC network tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Virginia's at home against Northeastern. Uh, the Cavaliers should get to 9-1 and one and continue to protect their home court. Uh, they are 6-0 and oh in Charlottesville, and they really are starting to put it together right now. So I would be shocked if, if they don't roll to another victory tomorrow. But beyond our, our local teams there, um, the national landscape for college basketball, this is kind of worth the wait, and it really starts tonight. You get uh, Gonzaga against UConn out west tonight. That's a 10 o'clock game, ESPN game. I might tune in a little bit of that later this evening. So that kind of tips off the weekend. And then there's a decent amount of top 25 action tomorrow, including, you know, in addition to Virginia here in the state, don't forget James Madison is in the top 25, ranked at number 20 this week. And the Dukes at 9-0, and one of what? I think a half dozen remaining unbeaten teams in college basketball. And they're on the road at Hampton tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock. Uh, that could be a sneaky challenge for James Madison against Hampton. But the way the Dukes are playing right now, Mark Byington's got them really going. So JMU and Hampton. Uh, tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock is one of the top 25 teams. Some other games of intrigue tomorrow, Kansas and Indiana. You would think uh, Kansas City, uh, Kansas, Kansas at 9-1 and one and ranked number two in the country might run away with that one, but it's in Bloomington. It's at Assembly Hall, and the Hoosiers are 7-2. and two. So keep an eye on that one. That's the 12-30 game tomorrow on CBS looking for a couple of other uh, how about Clemson and Memphis I think that's a good game down there in Memphis tomorrow as well we got a couple of Atlantic 10 teams that are challenging nationally ranked teams tomorrow LaSalle which may be one of the surprises the two Philly schools might be the two surprises uh, in the A-10 right now St. Joe's and LaSalle LaSalle plays at Miami 24th ranked Hurricanes tomorrow and then St. Bonaventure in uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, at the Basketball Hall of Fame Classic, will play Florida Atlantic, which is off to an 8-2 and two start as the number 15 team in the nation right now. And then a couple others. Real quick, we got to get to the break. Arizona and Purdue is a monster game. That's in the Indy Classic in Indianapolis at the Fieldhouse there with number one Arizona, number three Purdue, and then North Carolina and Kentucky. At 5.30 tomorrow evening, the CBS Sports Classic. Guess what? It's on CBS between two of the all-time Blue Bloods, the Tar Heels, and the Kentucky Wildcats. So plenty of good college basketball to get excited about tomorrow. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, I am excited to talk more about the RVA Sports Awards. Where This is the third edition of the Sports Awards coming early February here in Richmond. Danielle Fitzhugh from Richmond Region Tourism going to update on all that's happening with the RVA Sports Awards and how you can go about voting for the top uh, male and female athletes and coaches and teams of the year uh, from 2023. Danielle joins us after the break on the Sports Huddle. The 2024 RVA Sports Awards, the third annual RVA Sports Awards, set for Saturday, February 3rd 
at the Altria Theater. Hey, if you're interested in going, ticket information at RVA Sports Awards. Dot com And it's coming sooner than you might realize. It's going to be Christmas, New Year's. We're going to blow through the month of January, and all of a sudden it's going to be February 3rd, and it's going to be here. So here right now to talk to us about these RVA Sports Awards from Richmond Region Tourism. She's been with us before. Danielle Fitzhugh, Vice President of Community Relations over there at Richmond Region Tourism. Danielle, good afternoon. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Doing fine. I'm sure you would agree that this is going to be on top of us before we know it. It's going to be February 3rd, and the RVA Sports Awards are going to be upon us. So good time for us to get kind of an update from you. Let me start by kind of backtracking a little bit. I mentioned this is the third year of the RVA Sports Awards. Refresh my memory and our audience's memory about how all this came to be and how it's kind of evolved into the into the big deal event that it is for the Capital City. Agent Tourism, the call dropped. There you go. I think we've got you back. I think we okay. got the bugs out of the system. And I assume you That's- you heard my question, just kind of a little background of how we got to where we are now with the RVA Sports Awards. Well, we're still having some problems with that connection with Danielle. And Lewis is going to try and reconnect with her, and we'll try and get her on um, in just a moment. All right, so third year of the RVA Sports Awards. Again, it's at the Altria Theater. And if you're interested in voting for the different categories, and while Lewis is trying to get Danielle back on the air, here are the categories. Female Athlete of the Year, Male Athlete of the Year, Team, Coach, uh, Moment of the Year, and then Youth Athlete of the Year, Youth Team of the Year, and the Event Impact of the Year. And all of the candidates, all very deserving candidates, are listed on WTVR's website, wtvr.com slash contests. Uh, You can take it a little deeper than that slash rva sports awards will get you um right to it and uh, there's a link to each of the different awards and you can vote for your choice and again it's multiple choice they give you several uh options uh for for each one let me let me just click on one here just to give you an example uh coach of the year uh pedro aruza from randolph making football uh cheryl gross wright uh sports backers marathon training uh pretty impressive there uh one of my favorites because it's a richmond spider ann harrington the spiders women's lacrosse coach glad to see her get some publicity there for the great run richmond women's lacrosse had to the a-10 championship and uh, they won a game in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Andy Stewart, Patrick Henry, boys volleyball. He could win it almost every year because Patrick Henry, boys volleyball, wins it. Uh, a state championship almost every year. And Dennis Pelfrey, the Richmond Flying Squirrels manager, got him to the playoffs this past year. So that's what I'm talking about. That's one of the categories. That's coach of the year. And, and in that particular category, there's five choices. You click on one and you can vote. That's the easy part. The hard vote is the hard part is figuring out which one of them uh, to vote for. All right, our hard part today has been keeping danielle on the air with us this afternoon i'm going to blame this on cell phone service and nothing else danielle but i think we've got you back now you there i'm here i'm here but you're doing a good job i'm like keep going you're doing an amazing job this is what you do 
Only because I have the information right in front of me, and I, I can read it as well as anybody else. And the website's very easy not only to get to but to navigate, and you can have some fun voting for, for any of those categories. But, again, let's try this. Third time's the charm, Danielle. Uh, take us back a little bit and kind of the genesis of all of this, the RVA Sports Awards, and how it's kind of evolved into, into what it is today in its third year. Yeah, so this is um, RVA Sports Awards is an inclusive opportunity to rest to um, represent and celebrate the best in athletes around the Richmond region. And so, and the best in coaching and the best team. And so we had a very robust list of nominees um, that came in. And um, as you were mentioning, uh, we have the finalists listed and voting open today. So you can go vote for your favorite. You mentioned coach of the year. Um, we added Youth Athlete of the Year. So uh, for our younger voters and our parents and families, your favorite youth athlete might have made our finalists. And we also added our Youth Team of the Year. And so, you know, we got a couple of teams in there for some strong programs. Um, no play on words, but we got Armstrong football in there and John Marshall boys basketball in there. And then, you know, Hanover baseball, they won the state championship. And uh, that's after losing 15 seniors. And and then to just uh, mix it up a little bit, we have Richmond United. Their U17 team is in there, too. So, I mean, just an amazing amount of diversity in sports. We have Isaac Limprick, Youth Athlete of the Year, uh, nominated as a finalist. He's a cross-country runner out of New Kent. And uh, we have a Cosby High School wrestler, Eli Kramer. I mean, it's just a robust list. I mean, we have so much talent. And... Uh, kind of a uh, shining star on event impact. I mean, we've got fan favorites of event impact. We have um, the Tri-City Chili Peppers Faulkner Foundation Memorial event. They did a fundraising event for a young baseball player who uh, lost his life way too soon in a car accident. And, um, and then we shift right over to Richmond Raceway to their Bubba's Block Party for event impact. And then we've got a couple of returning favorites. The Jefferson Cup, I mean, we know what that economic impact looks like in our region with all the families coming in, spending the night, spending their dollars, um, and celebrating the Jefferson Cup. And then Dominion Energy's River Rock event. Um, so some of the favorite things that you go, some oldies but goodies. And then um, our school, our college sports, we've got Randolph-Macon in several categories. We've got VCU in a few categories. We've got Virginia Union, Virginia State. All of our colleges are represented here. And, uh, but you got to go vote in order for them to win. And you can find out who wins on February 3rd. If you can't make the event at Altria, it will be broadcast live on CBS. So make sure you tune in to watch your favorite. Absolutely. I want to go back for a moment. That's a great rundown. Uh, you're better at it than I am, by the way. You certainly did way better than I was doing with that. I, I want to go back to both your comments and kind of your talk about the youth athlete of the year, the youth team of the year. You mentioned the first time, right, that you've done that those particular categories. And I just wonder if you go behind the scenes at all about the conversation or discussions that kind of led to that, because I would think those would turn out to be a couple of the more popular categories in, in all of these awards would be the youth aspect of it. Oh, my gosh. You know, looking at the nominees coming in, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, not only are coaches celebrating their their star athletes 
and nominating them for Youth Athlete of the Year, but we got families. You know, these youth athletes, I mean, they are scholar athletes. I mean, the nominations that came in were not just their performance on the court, on the field, on the track, but their performance in the community. When you look at some of these bios of some of these youth athletes, you think you're reading a college student. They're already putting in the community work. They're doing volunteer. They're also great student athletes. They're making the grades. Their academics are there. And then your youth teams, I mean, say more. I mean, Armstrong Football and John Marshall, I mean, give them their credit where credit is due. Um, they are winning games year after year. And uh, same thing with Hanover Baseball and Richmond United. So I think it was certainly appropriate to take separate out our college and adult leagues from our youth leagues. Um, and, you know, remember a few years ago we had uh, Little League World, Little League went to World Series. Mm-hmm. Midlothian Little League went to World Series. So we know we have some national stars in these youth athletes, and we'll keep seeing them down the road. I'm going to love to see these youth athletes move up to the college level over the years. Yeah, I think with the publicity that they get out of this, we will follow them even more closely and more easily because we will remember them from an event an event such as this one. It's quite a list, and you rattled off so much of it. Um, and, and anybody was able to nominate, right? I mean, this has been an all-inclusive process. I think you mentioned that at the start of our conversation, that the nominations were able to come in until recently, and now anybody can go online and vote, right? That's right. We're encouraging our finalists to share it with their network. They can go straight online to RVA Sports Awards. They can go to CBS and vote as well. Um, but sh- we want people to share it on social media, share it with friends and family. We want this to be a community process. And uh, I'd love to see the spread be really close. Like you don't know who's going to win because the numbers are coming in left and right for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can speak- vote in multiple categories. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and again, it's very easy. Like I said, I was rattling it off. But if you go to uh, WTVR's website and find the contest page, it's very easy to navigate and to, to go to each one. It was actually kind of fun not knowing the nominees to click on each link to see just who the nominees would be and then to vote for one. Obviously, you get your vote cast um, that way. Again, it's February 3rd at the Altria Theater. And as you said, Danielle, uh, it will be televised by Channel 6 as it has been in the past. Uh, anything you can share with with us even in December. I know we're still a little ways out yet about who we're going to see at the Altria Theater in terms of presenting people or hosts of the show because uh, that's oh, always been goodness. really cool. Anything yet? I know, I know. I don't want to spoil any surprises, but we'll be releasing hosts. We're going to have back, of course, Kelly Lemon and Lane doing um, our MC for the event, but we don't want to spoil any prizes. We want to keep everybody on their toes and we'll be dripping out all of our hot opportunities for everyone to be involved at the event over the course of the next six weeks. You can get tickets. We have student tickets available this year as well. So it can be a full family event. And it's in between 
football playoff weekend and the Super Bowl. So you need something to do that Saturday night. <laughs> well placed, well timed, and well placed. You guys have that one down for sure. Last thought from you, Danielle, because we do so much with you and all the folks at Richmond Region Tourism because you do so much uh, in our community and you do so much on the athletic sports side of it. So tie that together, Richmond Region Tourism and the RVA Sports Awards to kind of bring the entire year of all the hard work that you guys put into this from the Richmond Region Tourism perspective. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's this is, you know, win-win. We are recognizing all of our wonderful athletes in the region. The money raised from this event, we put that right back in the community because we offer sports scholarship awards. So we will be reinvesting this money that we raised through this event right back into our community with our scholarship program through sports. Danielle, that's awesome. It really is. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. There's no doubt about that. And you mentioned the scholarship aspect of it and and just the partnership makes it really an absolutely tremendous event. Like you said, whether you're going to attend or whether you're going to watch on television again. And again, more information, it's either rvasportsawards.com or or your website, right? Visit richmondrva.com. Absolutely. Danielle, thank you so much this afternoon. You've gotten us excited about it. Looking forward to February 3rd, and I'm looking forward to going online and voting for some of these well-deserved candidates. So appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you so much. Everybody have a wonderful holiday. You too, Danielle. Thank you. Danielle Fitzhugh from Richmond Region Tourism. Again, third annual RVA Sports Awards, February 3rd, Altria Theater. If you want more information on the awards themselves or you want to get tickets to go to the event, rvasportsawards.com. If you want to learn more about upcoming sports events that Richmond Region Tourism is partnering with, their website is visitrichmondva.com. And if you'd just like to vote, uh, I went to WTVR's website. That was really easy, wtvr.com slash contests. I think we'll get you there. And if you want to go even deeper on your URL, it would be wtvr.com slash contests slash RVA Sports Awards. And, again, uh, the categories that are out there female and male athlete team of the year coach moment of the year and then as danielle mentioned their new categories for youth athlete of the year and youth team of the year and then wrapping it up the event impact of the year so there are what uh, six seven eight different awards that will be unveiled and presented on the night of february 3rd at the altria theater and we'll continue to mention it and promote it and keep an eye on how the voting is going as well. All right, 4.45, about a quarter to five on the Sports Settle. We'll get a timeout in here. We'll come back one more segment before we get you to the top of the hour. We'll give you another ESPN Sports Center update at five, and we'll roll into the five o'clock hour, which again will include Bob Chesney, new head coach of the James Madison football team. He'll join us at 5.30 this afternoon. Thank you again for tuning in. 804-327-0888. If you'd like to do more than tune in, if you'd like to interact and be a part of the show, that's the number to call. Back Back after the break, 1061 ESPN. Well, speaking of that, if you go to our website, ESPNRichmond.com, we now have on our front page 
the opening list of bowl games that we're gonna we're gonna broadcast for you. I'll run through them here, but again, just go to ESPNRichmond.com. We're really excited about this because we talk so much about the bowl games that we want to let you know that we're bringing as many of them to you as we can and from time to time they're going to be in the afternoon during the week Um, so matt and i for example won't be on monday because we will have the famous toastery bowl that's old dominion and western kentucky at 2 30 and i'm hoping that game is done by six o'clock because that's when behind the web hits the air the richmond basketball coaches show final edition for the calendar year 2023 six to seven at world of beer on monday night then we'll take a couple week hiatus for christmas and new year's and then be back with our college basketball show with the spiders in january but in any event so monday no border to border no sports huddle because we have the famous toastery bowl at 2 30 our coverage actually begins tomorrow with the celebration bowl with the howard florida a&m game a&m game from mercedes-benz stadium down there um in atlanta so those are our first two bowl games let me run down them real quick for you here then on the 19th we've got the the uh, frisco bowl let's see that's tech texas san antonio against marshall all right maybe not one of the great local matchups for interest for us but still the frisco bowl uh that's a late night one that's the nine o'clock game down there at toyota stadium in frisco texas where they also play correct the fcs national championship game which is coming up in a few weeks all right then on december 22nd we'll have the gasparilla bowl from raymond james stadium down there in tampa now we're getting good that's georgia tech and central florida georgia tech and ucf on friday december 22nd that's at 6 30 p.m on december 23rd the camellia bowl between arkansas state and northern illinois that's an early one that's at 11:30 in the morning for that one uh, also on december 23rd we'll have the armed forces bowl of course we will because that's another one of our state teams that's james madison against air force down there um at carter stadium in fort worth texas uh, 3:30 game time for that one and uh, one of the always popular ones certainly for the teams going there the hawaii bowl on december 23rd just before christmas uh, 10 o'clock east coast time and that's coastal carolina against san jose state so that's kind of the rundown of the first bowl games that we'll have for you taking you all the way up to the college football playoffs of course and the national championship that will be from espn radio meaning alabama michigan in the rose bowl on january 1 that's the early game the 5 p.m game and then the sugar bowl gets the other semifinal that's texas and washington about an 8:45 kickoff for that one from the Superdome down there in New Orleans, and then the national championship game we'll have for you on Monday, January 8th, and it's at NRG Stadium in Houston this year at 7:30 on Monday. January 8th and as I mentioned not on our website yet but we will certainly have them for you um, the other couple of state teams that are in bowl games Liberty and Oregon that's the Fiesta Bowl one o'clock on New Year's Day out there in Glendale Arizona and then the Virginia Tech game against Tulane in the Military Bowl on December 27th at two o'clock in Annapolis uh, certainly intrigued to watch that one and see how many Hokie fans travel I think they're going to travel really well uh, getting up there to Annapolis 
for that one. So uh, kind of a rundown of our bowl schedule, at least the, the first seven games or so on our bowl schedule. I had mentioned at the start of the show, I did see a list today, again, a very subjective list of the best bowls. I kind of ranked them from 1 to 41. Fortunately, none of our four state teams are in the 41st ranked bowl, but maybe after the top of the hour break, I'll go through a few of them. Pretty obvious what they think are the best most interesting top-notch bowl games obviously the college football playoffs at the top of that list but we'll go through some of them and kind of gauge our interest and how good we think some of these bowl games are moving forward and we'll do that on the other side of the uh of the top of the hour break and there'll be time for you as well 804-327-0888 if you'd like to get on the air with us 327-0888 that is also our text line kind of puts a wrap on the first hour already of the sports huddle thanks again to danielle fitzhugh from richmond region tourism for coming on and talking a little bit about the rva sports awards the third annual sports awards at the altria theater on february 3rd go online now and vote for your favorites all very deserving in several categories for coach and player and team and event of the year all right hour two of the sports auto will wrap it up for the week and get you into the weekend after the espn sports center update coming here at the top of the hour sweet lou and i'll be back with the five o'clock hour final hour for the week of the sports auto coming up after the espn sports center update which is straight ahead right here on 1061 espn for some it's the luxury that captivates